Well, grab your Bibles, open them up to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, and we'll continue our study here through the book of Revelation. Oh, what a journey it's been uh, from chapter 1 all the way through. We've been going through so much, and now we're, in this, we're coming to the end here of this book. And we're going to still kind of go deep here today uh, as we continue here in uh, chapter 21. But let's begin with the word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for, well, God, that uh, things right now seem to be moving forward as far as the pandemic, and we hope it'll stay that way. And God, we pray for our country, the world, our state, our island here, God, and we just pray you keep everyone healthy, Lord, that you would be with our loved ones, God, that you would be, Lord, with each one of us here to Help us, God, to stay healthy, stay safe, Lord. But as we move forward here, God, we just thank you and want to say, Lord, thank you for keeping us here. And we pray for those who have passed away, Lord. Uh, They are with you right now, and we thank you that they are. But we pray for us here that we will continue to live for you. And now, God, as we get into your word, I ask that you would bless it, Lord. That you continue to move upon our hearts as you have been in the worship, Lord. That you continue to speak to us even as you have been in the worship. So as the words of the songs we've been singing minister to our hearts, may your word, your very word in the Bible, speak to us. And I pray every person here, whether here or connected online, that we would not leave here without a word from you, God. So I ask for your Holy Spirit to anoint and to touch, and we lift this time up to you, asking in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I read about one father, this father who was tucking his five-year-old daughter into bed one night, and just for fun, he asked her, what is the one thing you're looking forward to most in heaven? Well, it seemed the little girl already been thinking about this, for she quickly replied, oh, I, I can't wait for for the big roller coasters. And I can't wait that there's, there's no waiting lines at all. And I can't wait to, to slide down rainbows and have picnics on the clouds. She already had this list already made up. But then she said, oh. And with big eyes, she said, and the most important thing that I really want is my own pet. And the father asked, well, well what, what is that? Asked the dad. And she replied, I want my own dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool, huh, if we have our own dinosaur? Yeah. Well, actually, that's a good question. It's a good question to ask us this morning. What is the one thing you're looking forward to in heaven? Maybe you're thinking, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, the pearly gates, the streets of gold, the walls of precious stones and all that. Maybe, Maybe you're looking forward to that reunion, yeah? Being with those loved ones who have died and gone to heaven before you. Maybe you're looking forward to seeing them again. Maybe it's your glorified body, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? No more this old broken down thing. No more that suffering. No more those pains and aches. Yeah, I'm starting to feel as I get older, yeah? Oh, yeah, glorified body cannot wait. But you know what the most important thing is? The most important thing, the thing that we should look forward to in heaven is, you know what, being with God himself, right? 
being with Jesus, being with the one we love. The Puritan William Plummer said, without God, heaven would be no heaven. Isn't that true? What's heaven without God? It has to be with Jesus, us being with Jesus. Well, today, as we continue our study through the book of Revelation, we actually come to part two of our glimpse in of heaven, our glimpse of heaven. Remember, we, we started this chapter last week, and I titled this section we're looking at in Revelation 21 through 1 through 5, the sneak peek into forever. And that's what we're getting, the sneak peek of eternity, the sneak peek of what heaven is going to be like, the final heaven for us. So I called it the sneak peek into forever. And today we're going to get into part two of that of this section. I know I told you guys last week, I don't know if it'll be two parts. Well, you know, it's going to be three parts. So, uh, But we're going to go deep into this. Now, last week we saw part one. Well, let me give you the outline of this overall section of Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Now, the overall outline is this, is the place of eternity, number one. Number two, the presence of God. Number three, the paradise of the soul. And number four, the promise of Jesus. And that's going to cover one through five. Last week, we saw in our part one of the sneak peek into forever. Number one, we saw the outline. Number one, the place of eternity. And today, we're going to continue on. That was verse one and two. We're going to continue on. And number two in our outline, the presence of God. And today, we're just going to focus in on verse 3. Just verse 3. You guys are like, what? Just one verse? Yeah, just one verse. We're going to dive deep into the Word of God this morning. Now, last week, and if you missed, let me encourage you guys to go back to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can pick up the, the message there. Or go to a YouTube channel, even Facebook. You can pick up the video archive there and worship again, but get into the message. If you miss that, I really encourage you so that you can catch up there and it'll connect to what we're looking at today. But last week, just for a little review, remember the place of eternity, our outline number one, verse one and two. We, we talked about how after the second coming of Jesus, after the millennium, that thousand year reign of Christ, after the great white throne judgment, which was all chapter 20, we come into chapter 21. We come into Revelation 21 here where God makes a whole new universe, right, for believers to live in. Remember, we saw three things here. We saw how God makes a completely different realm. You remember that? Uh, the old earth, the old universe, well, it, it couldn't carry on into this eternal realm. So God, he made a new one, something completely different, a whole new realm. And then we saw secondly in verses 1 and 2 that this is a completely different existence even. It's not same as what we see right now. Remember that there was no more sea, right? Life was not based on the need for water for its existence. And plus, we have new bodies now, right? Glorified bodies. So there's no need. We're, we're glorified and we have eternal bodies to go on to live forever in heaven, so it's a whole different, completely different existence. And then the third thing we found last week was a completely different arrangement, right? With the new Jerusalem descending down into this new eternal realm here, right? 
which is really all of its heaven I mentioned. As we, we went through and learned this, we, we, we found that really the new earth, the new universe, the, the new Jerusalem coming down, that's this final heaven that we're going to dwell in and live in together for the rest of forever. So we learned that, that this new Jerusalem had relocated, not like today, heaven's like kind of far away in that dimension and not this physical universe, but it's relocated into this new realm coming down. And John saw this final home for believers coming down. He saw this new Jerusalem. Remember he said in verse 2, like a bride coming down the aisle to take her place next to the groom, Jesus Christ, to take her place, and that's where she will live forever. So as believers, together we will settle into this heaven, this new universe, this new Jerusalem, this final heaven, and we're going to go on having fellowship with one another. But there's something else here with this. There's something else. As we go on, we find that the most important eternal fellowship we're going to have in heaven is with, guess who? God himself. God himself. So that leads us into our next heading. We saw, what we, we go from the place of eternity where we get this sneak peek, an introduction of what this final heaven is like. And now we come to number two in our outline, the presence of God. He's going to be there. He's going to be in that place. So here we are now, the sneak peek into forever, part two. And now number two in our outline is the presence of God. And again, as I mentioned, we're going to only look at verse three here today. So take a look here. Uh, Revelation 21, verse three. Let's take a look right here together. It says in verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Now we're going to look deep into this scripture, but in number 2 in our outline, the presence of God, it covers verse 3. So we begin here in verse 3. Now, John, the Apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation, God gave him this revelation. Well, John now writes how he heard, and I heard, John heard, a loud voice from the throne. So this loud voice comes. It's really this announcement, right, from, from the throne of God. It comes from the throne of God. Now, this is some unnamed angel. We, we believe that it is some angel, probably a cherubim, you know, who are tasked to be, we saw in the beginning of Revelation, around the throne to serve God. And perhaps it's one of these, that, that's what I, I kind of speculate. We know it's not God because later John gets specific in verse 5 and he says, and he was, he who was seated on the throne said. So if it was God, I think he would have said it. So I believe this is one angel or probably a cherubim making this announcement serving God for God. And here this angel gives this amazing announcement. And basically, overall what we see in verse 3 is that he's saying God is now here to stay. That, that's it. Simply in this verse, if you want to say, what did you learn in church? Oh, I'm learning God is here now here to stay in heaven. The presence of God is now here here to stay. Now, 
that's been predicted. That's been spoken of throughout the Bible, like in Leviticus 26, verse 11 through 12. And this is the NLT version. It says, and I will live among you and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. Just that thought that God will be among us is what I want you to get right away, basically, as we get into this verse. Bruce Barton put it this way. The presence of God among his people fulfills all the longing of the entire Bible. I love that thought. Yeah, the, the, the prophecies and the times that the Lord predicted and told Israel that, hey, I'm going to be with you guys. I'm going to be with you in the wilderness. I'm going to be with you in the promised land. You know, all of that and into the millennium. And now in this place, in this final heaven. It's the presence of God among his people. And that's been the longing of all these prophecies in the Bible. Now, in what way is the presence of God here to stay throughout forever? Well, this is our little sub-outline we're going to have. Four ways. In four ways. And this this is what we're going to see in verse 3. And this is what I want to give you. In what way is the presence of God here to stay uh, here forever? Well, number one is this. God will locate his home with us. God will locate his home with us. Take a look at verse 3 again. So after the loud voice, after this uh, this angel begins to make this announcement, what's the announcement? Well, first of all, the angel says this. Behold, verse 3, the dwelling place of God is with us. Man, So we'll stop right there. When the angel says, behold, you know, he's announcing, like, listen up, you guys. This is great. Behold, what? listen to what we're saying. And then he, he says here in verse 3, he says, the dwelling place of God. Now, the two words in English, dwelling place, is actually one word in the Greek. And it's a skin. And literally, it's just tent. The old King James, you guys may be used to, and I'm used to that. My, I grew up in the Lord in the old King James, so I, when I see this, I, I remember reading tabernacle. Yeah, we've heard that term, tabernacle. It's basically the tabernacle. It's the place of, 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 of where your house is, or, or it's the place, it's your home, or, or, or kind of like where you live. So the angel is announcing that God will put his home now with who man and when he says that it means believers the believers who are in heaven believers who are redeemed in jesus christ in other words god will literally live in the same area as all the believers will be living you see in the new realm now that we've been looking at here that we started out even last week in this new heaven in this final heaven God will put his house right in the midst where believers will live for eternity. The idea is God will not like live afar off, yeah? But he'll be very close matter of fact we'll be all living in the same location. That's the idea here. Remember how in um, verse 1 and 2 last week, we learned that this new Jerusalem coming down is actually the Father's house, right? I made reference to John chapter 14 where Jesus goes, you know, uh, to prepare a place because my Father has many rooms, yeah, our, our old Lord's mansions, right? 
the New Jerusalem is actually the Father's house. And we're going to have a room here. We're going to have a place there. We're going to live there in the New Jerusalem here. But then the question might be, how about God himself? Yeah, it's his house, but is he going to be there? I mean, does he just own the property in Kihei, but he live up country, and then, you know, he rent out his house down there? You know, is, is that what's, what's going on here? No. Where will he be? No. God himself will be in the same house as where we will be. He's not going to be renting out one of the houses, or he's not, he doesn't have this big property, and he's in this house, and, and the cottage down, you know, half, half an acre away is where are we going to be? No. He's actually going to be in this same house. See, this tent, this home, this place is going to be not in another location, but it will be actually here in the new Jerusalem. God will put his home in the new Jerusalem, in the same place where we will spend eternity. Take a, a peek at... Um, Revelation 21, verse 22. We'll get to this you know, in a little bit, um, probably a few weeks or so. But look at verse 22. It says, John, now, um, in this section, he kind of gives us more detail about the new Jerusalem. We'll get to that later. But in verse 22, John sees that there's no temple in the city, the new Jerusalem, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. You know what that is saying? That's saying that we don't have to go somewhere to meet with God. We don't have to go somewhere to worship the Lord. There is no temple. We don't have to go to a specific place to be with God because we're already there. The New Jerusalem is God's house. You know, sometimes we talk about the church being God's house. We're coming to meet the Lord in God's house. So do you understand? God will locate his home with us right here how amazing is that how wonderful is that what a wonderful thought that that you know what i feel like what we're seeing here that god wants to make his home with us he wants to live with you he wants to be right there with you you know what forever (laughs) yeah it's not well this is just temporary um i don't know i can only tolerate so much you know then you got to move out no (laughs) No, this is forever, you guys. And maybe, maybe you've connected in, or maybe you come in here today, and, and you're struggling right now. You're, you're wondering, is, does God even want me? Yeah. Does he even really? I mean, I, I failed him so much. I've, I've sinned. I mean, does he really even want me right now? Maybe you're feeling unworthy and, and worthless. You know, that's why Christ came, right? That we can be forgiven of all our sins. When he died on a cross, he made atonement for all our sins. Yeah, Not just the ones before we were saved, not just the present ones, but even our future ones, because you know, that doesn't make excuse for sin. But we know it's covered. And so we can, you know what, run to the Father. We can go to him. And if you're feeling like, I don't even know if God wants me. I, I, I feel so worthless. I feel so unworthy. Understand this, that in Jesus, those in Jesus, those who have been forgiven, those who have been cleansed, in Jesus, this is the future for all. I underline all 
believers, you guys, those who have been washed of their sins, redeemed by the blood of the Christ, know this, that today, as we're sitting here and looking at this passage, that God wants to make home for us. Yeah? Who wants to make his home with us? And you know what that means? That means that today, if, if what I'm reading here is right, that, that God is with man, his dwelling place of God is with man, you know what? That he wants to come home into our hearts too. He wants to come home right now, today. One day we'll be there, go for our bodies, this new universe, everything. But, but right now, he wants to make his home in our hearts. Know that today. So, Take that truth. Even though we look for the future, take that truth and be encouraged today that God will locate his home with us. Now let's go to number two. Number two is God will live and move among us. So number one, God will locate his home with us. But next we see the second thing. God will live and move among us. Look at verse three once again. And after, uh, behold, the dwelling place of God is man. Next, it says this. The angel announces, he will dwell with them. So the angel kind of embellishes this. The angel kind of brings in more into this thought that not only God will move into the same house, the same area, the same place that we're going to be in, but God will dwell with them, them as believers. Dwell here is, is the same word, but in a different form in what we read in dwelling place. And it really means not just tent, but literally staking down your tent, pitching your tent, we might say. Yeah? The, the other word was basically tent. He's going to put the tent there. But here he's going to like stake it down. He's going he's gonna, to like make it permanent here. He's going to like put the foundation and, 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 and screw in the, 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 the walls and everything. It's gonna, it, it, you know what it means, basically? God is going to settle in and make a life here. That's the idea. I think that's the way we would say it today. Yeah? Oh, we're going to move. We're going to buy this house. We're going to settle down here. And you know what? We're going to settle in and make a life here. That's what God is going to to do in heaven when he comes. See, God will be around. That is God that that is believers will see him every day in every day of eternity. That's the idea. God will live and move among us. You know, in the ancient times, uh, society was really used to those in in a high position. Uh, they wouldn't mingle with the common people. Uh, kings usually stayed separate, you know, in their area, in their place, and separate from the people. And only the privileged, yeah, would be able to have an audience with the king or this high official. And, and usually, people won't see the king face to face. So the ancient people back then, they, they were used to that. But not in this case. This is what the angel is announcing. It's not like God's going to be some recluse, you know, in his room, in his lavish room. Or he's not going to have the upper penthouse, you know, on the, on the building. And then you hardly see him. Or maybe you just pass him in an elevator or something like that. That's not the other. He's going to dwell with them. He's going to make a life there. He's going to be around. He'll be out and about spending time, you know what, with you and I. That's really the depth 
of what we're seeing here. You know, it's not going to be like when we get to heaven and we're like, oh, after a few days or talking story, and we're like, oh, oh, did you see the pearly gates? <laughs> you know, oh, look at the golden streets. Wow, we're walking on them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And we're talking all this stuff. But, but it's not like we're not going to then say, hey, has anyone seen God? You know, no. Every day we're going to see him. It'll be every day, yeah. And, and that's what matters most, right? Anyway, he's going to be there interacting. He's gonna, God will live and move among us. He's going to settle in. And this is where his, his living will be. Take a moment, turn to Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 12. I want you to see this too. Deuteronomy chapter 12. In the Old Testament, toward the beginning there, it's on page 290. No, in my Bible, yeah. If you've got to look in the table of contents, that's fine. Um, those of you on your tablets and phones, you just go click, click, click. But Deuteronomy chapter 12, look at verse 5. Verse 5. It says here, Deuteronomy 12, 5. But you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go. Now here in Deuteronomy 12.5 in the ESV that I'm reading from, habitation, the, the word, the Hebrew word is actually where we get Shekinah. You remember the Shekinah glory of God that went with the Israelites in the wilderness, the, the cloud by day, the fire by night. But I, I love this Shekinah. I love this word habitation. This is where God will habit. This is where God will be. This is where God will live and move. And that's in heaven among us in this new Jerusalem. Do you enjoy coming to church? I hope you do. <laughs> you know what I enjoy? I enjoy worshiping the Lord. And we're going to be worshiping God there. I, I, I enjoy the moving of the Holy Spirit when we study God's Word. We hear God speak when we're reading His Word, right? I, I, I enjoy sensing the very presence of God in this place. And that, that's why I love to come to church. That's why, even me, I know, oh, Rick, but you're the pastor. Yeah, even if I wasn't the pastor, I would still come. Because I want to be with God and, and, and just sit at his feet and be in his presence. I love coming to church. I think about how uh, uh, David wrote in Psalm 63, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. We know that. And that's what I feel like. I feel like, oh, you know, my life goes on, or we go work and everything, but, oh, to come to church, it's like I'm so thirsting for Jesus, yeah? I'm so thirsting for that refreshing, renewing touch of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thirsting for God to speak to me through His Word. Well, can you imagine a time when you will never have to be thirsty for God again? Why? Because He's right there. Every day. He's right there. The presence 
of God. And this is going to be for eternity. This is the time when God will live and move among us and we get to be with God. You know, sometimes we're worshiping, even, even when I'm playing, I just, I, I get lost in worship and I start making mistakes. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like the presence of God is here and, and I just, I just, I just feel this peace and rest. And, and it's like, oh God, I, I, like we're coming face to face with God. That's what it's going to be like. That's what it's going to be like. Face to face. Right there, the presence of God. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Fanny Crosby. Um, If you can, get a biography on her. She's a famous blind hymn writer. And she was actually, uh, the story goes, she was contemplating uh, what her first impression of heaven would be when she died and and went to uh, meet the Lord. And you know what she realized after meditating and thinking about it? That it would be the first time when her blind eyes would finally be able to see. And the first thing in front of her, she says, would be her Savior, face to face. So in all this she was thinking about, after that she wrote this hymn called Saved by Grace. And let me read to you like the first stanza, the first verse, and the, and the chorus but it goes, she wrote this, Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more as now shall sing, but oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of the king, and I shall see him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. Isn't that beautiful? It's so beautiful. Can you imagine that day when we're in the New Jerusalem, when God is right there, when God is living and moving among us and right where we live, no more separation by time and space. And, you know, like when you come here, there's still be, you know, sometimes I just want to sit before God. And when Zach prays or sometimes Pastor Stephen prays to open the service, I'm just, okay, God, I, I want to get there right now, you know. I want to be in your presence. I want to be before your feet, you know. And, and I try and clear my mind of those crazy thoughts, you know. Oh, did I close the garage, you know. <laughs> or, or what am I going to, what are we going to eat after church, you know. Or things like that. Or what I got to do today. I try and clear my mind of those things. But, but no more of that anymore. No more separated by time and space, trials, troubles, flesh and sin. No more thirst because we're going to be with God every day in this eternal day. I'm so looking forward to that day when God will live and move among us. Well, let's go to the third thing we're going to see. And number three is God will love us as his own. God will love us as his own. Uh, Number one, we saw God will locate his home with us. Number two, God will live and move among us. And now number three, God will love us as his own. Let's take a look at verse three. And then it says, and they will be his people. He will dwell with them. And then it says, and they will be his people. Now the angel says, there's something real special that's going to go on here. That they, again, speaking about believers, and if you're in Jesus Christ, it's speaking about you and I. We will be his people. God will make it so we belong to him 
forever. Forever. Get that. It's forever. From, from this point on into eternity or even when you come say, right? Nothing will change that reality of being God's special people. See, this is really God's love for us, right? Flowing down, unhindered. We're, we are in this place now, yeah, where we belong. Right? God saved us. He's brought us into this family of God, as sons and daughters of God, right? Romans, uh, Galatians, I think, talks about that. Where we belong. This is our family. This is under God's love. This is, this is in his house. And God will be sure that we know that we are his family and that we're home now, that we belong as God loves you as his own. Think about this. Uh, turn, turn to Revelation chapter 3. We did this um, last week, but I want you to take a look at this verse once again. Revelation 3, verse 12. Revelation verse 3, verse 12. Remember, uh, this is when Jesus is uh, giving this letter to the church of Philadelphia. Uh, but in verse 12, remember he, he said here, the one who conquers, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And notice what he says, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. So God is going to put out his name on us. We're going to take his name. Why? Because we belong to God now and we will be his people. Do you understand that God is going to receive us in that way. That is what Jesus is saying, that we're going to take his name. He's going to write it on us because we belong in this place and we belong to him and we will be his people. I remember when the kids were small, um, uh, we would come home and on their backs is a little piece of tape and it had our last name, Nagura, on it. And I was associate pastor in a large church in California uh, for 13 years, and, and it was a pretty large church, church so there's a lot of children in, in the uh, Keiki class, you know, and everything. And so they come home because they put that there, making sure that the teacher knew who the child belonged to. That's what I think about. On my back going to be this piece of tape, and it's going to say God's name. Yeah. It's going to be the new name, it says in verse 12, that is, will be given to Jesus. Why? Because I belong to God. We will be His people. And this home, it's going to be your home. It's going to be God's house. And you get, this is where you belong. This is your family. God wants you to know that he wants to make heaven your home because you're a child of God, because Jesus has saved you. And now you belong to him. Do you understand how awesome this is? You're not a stranger, yeah? Coming into this house, like, oh, well, you know, when you go visit someone's house, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you're more careful. But when you come home, you're home, yeah? You're home. And you have that sense, oh, I'm home, yeah? You can relax. You can, you can eat anything. <laughs> you can lie down anywhere, yeah? You're home. That's the idea. We're going to be his people in this house, in the New Jerusalem, with God there, and God's going to love you as his home, own, because you belong to him. Know that today, that God 
wants you to be part of his family. And that if you're a believer in Christ, you are a part of his family. If you want to be a part of family, just come to Jesus. And you'll be a welcome member of the family. And we'll say, welcome to the family, yeah? the family of God. So think about it this way. When we're in heaven in this time, in this final heaven, this new realm, in this new Jerusalem, in this final heaven, there's not going to be any outcasts. Yeah? There's not going to be any like, like, oh, I don't know about letting him in the house. Yeah? There's not going to be like no black sheep of the family. Yeah? There's not going to be like, like, oh, I, I might do something wrong and I'll be pushed out of the house and kicked out. No. You will be his people. You will be part of the family. You will be finally home where you belong. Finally with the one you belong to. That's why we say heaven is our home, right? God is there. And this is where we belong. This is where our family is there. And this is where our house is going to be. With God inside. A little boy came running into the house one day shouting, I love my home so much. And a neighbor who was visiting asked, Well, that's so nice, but but, um, why don't you come and visit me sometimes? I mean, our houses are built exactly the same. Uh, the rooms are just like yours. And in his childlike kind of matter-of-fact you know, uh, words, he told her that he would not be happy over there. Oh, that's sad, said the neighbor, but it's okay. But what, what makes this home more hap- hap- a happier place for you? Well, he thought for a moment. Then he ran to his mother and replied, because I have mom here. That's it, you guys. Yeah? We're home because that's where God is. And we're home because that's the family we belong to. And we're home because we're sons and daughters of the Father. God will love us as his own. And we're going to be home there. All right. Well, we've seen here that uh, God will locate his home with us. God will live and move among us. God will love us as his own. And number four, we come to God will link in fellowship with us. God will link in fellowship with us. You know, I want to just reverse just for a second, all right? Before we get into this fellowship, let me just reverse some. Isn't it the love of God that makes a difference, right? And that's going to draw us into this fellowship we're going to see. Isn't it the love that makes the home? Isn't the love that makes you feel that you belong at home? Well, we'll know this today, okay? Know this today, that God loves you, and God will always love you. Always. Listen to what Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an ever lasting love, right? So with that in mind, we go into number four. God will link in fellowship with us. So if he loves us, guess what? He wants to fellowship with us. Look at the last part of verse three now. Verse three, it says, and God himself will be with them as their God. So the angel completes this announcement with this, this like, uh, 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 well, he's going to go on, but at least verse 3 here, with this amazing thing that God himself, now think about that. Who is God? 
He's the Lord Almighty God, right? He's the creator of the universe, right? We know what the Bible says. He's the Holy One, yeah? He's righteous and just, yeah? Think about all his attributes. He's, he's, he's full of all wisdom, yeah? He knows all things. He's all powerful. We think about his character, right? This is, this is God, God, right? God himself, the powerful, sovereign one, God himself is going to be with them. Who? With us, believers. He's going to be with us. It's coming all together. Everything what we've been looking at is going to come all together because he's going to be our God. Now, here in verse 3, it says that uh, God himself will be with them. The word with here is interesting. The word with in the original language means together, to be together. It, it's really this, this idea of expressing a union. Yeah. It's really talking about fellowship, intimate fellowship, being together in fellowship with who? God. See, this will be this eternal time that God will have fellowship with us. And not only that, God will want to have fellowship with us because he loves us. So in this eternal realm, living in the same house, every believer will have a close and intimate fellowship with the living God. Isn't that amazing? He's going to be our God. That means we're having fellowship. God's going to set up things so that he will be there right in the house, right in this place, together, living and moving among us so that we can have close and intimate fellowship with him. You know, we talked about how the absence of God brings a thirst and that deep longing of the soul in heaven. Well, the fellowship, really, that's what it is. The fellowship with God brings that satisfaction, doesn't it? It quenches that, that thirst. I mean, think about it this way. God designed human beings to have fellowship with God. That's what I believe. We're, we're made that way. That's why before Christ, right, you tried to fill that void, that emptiness, like really God only made that, you would, that would fit fellowship, yeah? That hole, the only thing that would fill that is fellowship with God. And we tried to fill it with things, you know? With, with material things or relationships or, or, or money or, or whatever that is. We, we tried to fill it and went after it, but we were not satisfied until we came to Jesus. And we have this relationship with God. We weren't thirsting in that way. I mean, think about Adam and Eve way back in the garden walking with God. Yeah? Oh, how wonderful. They were having fellowship with God, but the sin came and they, they, that fellowship was broken. But in Jesus, it's brought back now, today, spiritually. But in this final heaven, it's going to be uh, culminated in God actually being there and you and I actually having fellowship with God. Think about how sometimes, you know, it's thrown out, well, what's the purpose of life? Yeah. I remember there was an encyclopedia Encyclopedia Britannica commercial, and they threw that out. What's the purpose of life? They said, buy our books and you'll find out, you know, kind of thing. But we know it's Jesus, right? And this is bringing us to why we're made, how we're designed 
to have is to have fellowship with God. It's bringing us to that final eternal point here. That, that's the goal. That's what it's going to be. I think, um, I think about, uh, that's why in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, Back in 1640, a group of 151 theologians put together a statement of their faith and wrote all these things, and they were in Westminster Abbey in London. Well, um, they came up with what is called the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and, and they say this is the purpose of human beings. And they, they wrote this, man's chief end or purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I love that thought. To enjoy God. But how we enjoy God? You know how? We, jo- we enjoy Him in fellowship. Yeah. We get to be with Him, talk story with Him. We get to, I mean, we're still respecting Him. He's still God, all of that. But you understand, there's this connection with God like we don't have right now. But in our glorified bodies, we can. Understand that there, at that time, there will be no more hindrances to our fellowship with God. Now, people have told me I invited them to church, and they've told me, oh, well, I'm not ready to come. Yeah, I'm not ready. Um, uh, Maybe sometime later. You know what they're saying? Well, when I get my life together, yeah, then I'll come to church. And I think always or say, you know, you'll never get it together, but you know who will get it together? Jesus will get it together for you. Yeah, But, but we think that, right? I mean, we think, oh, our, oh we're sinners. Oh, oh I, can't, I can't come before God, right? I mean, I, it's true. If we're honest, it's true. We feel uncomfortable coming to God if our life isn't right. I mean, I think about, remember Peter? Like, Peter realized that Jesus, who was right there, is God, the Messiah. And he told him, oh, oh, Jesus, uh, uh, get, go away, you know, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Luke 5, yeah? So we understand those feelings. And, and, but then that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's why the atonement, his atonement cleanses us. That's how we can have eternal life, have our glorified bodies. But when we get our glorified bodies, guess what? We can be with God. Scripture tells us that no man can see God and live, but in heaven we will have this resurrected body, pure no sinfulness that, that will burn up, you know, in his holy presence. There'll be no, none of those issues anymore. There's no hindrance of sin separating us from God. No veil, no curtain, no separation, because we're going to have our glorified, resurrected bodies, immortal. You can say non-combustible, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, non-consumable by the living God, fireproof, right? And think about this. We will have this capacity. We will have this capacity to see God. I mean, in our state, we can't really look at oh, the holiness, everything. But in heaven, with our glorified bodies, we'll have this capacity to see God in His glory and have a close and intimate fellowship with God. I really like what uh, John Don said, he was another Puritan. He said this No man ever saw God and lived. And yet, I shall not live till I see God. And when I have seen him, I shall never die. I love that. I, I sat there thinking about this for 
like meditating on what he's saying. It's, it's so awesome, you guys. We get to be there with God, see God. Do you yearn for that? Do you yearn for that? We're going to have fellowship with God like never before, more than anything we have ever experienced. Right now, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, we see it through a glass darkly, right? Think about Moses, right? Moses, right, in Exodus uh, 33, asked the Lord, God, show me your glory. I love you. I, I, I want to I see you, God. Show me your glory. And the Lord's like, oh, um, I, I really can't, but you know what? I'm going to pass by you. You won't be able to take this, but I'll pass by you and you'll see my back. Yeah, because no human being can bear the full yeah, a picture and vision of God. But now, as glorified beings, we can see God fully, not just the back, yeah, not just the back, but right there. We'll be fully connected with God, and He will be linked to us too. I don't know about you, but in studying this, I, I'm excited. I can't wait. God, I love you. I want to be with you. Do you love Jesus? Do you love God like that? Do you love him in, in this sense that, oh, Lord, reading these words, just going into verse 3, it's just sparking my heart to be with you, the one I love, in this eternal, in this constant, in this immediate, in this intimate, in this unbroken fellowship with the Lord. That's what it is. That's heaven, you guys. Augustine, the early church father, he called God, you know what he called God? The end of our desires. I love that. If God is your greatest love, then then this should resonate in your soul. It should be like, oh, God. Deep down in all of us, there's a piece of our heart that knows what what I'm talking about here, that knows that this this love for Jesus, this desire. and, And you know what I'm talking about here. You feel it. You want to be where God is, yeah? You long for that close fellowship with God. Maybe it's been a long time for you. Maybe I'm touching on something deep inside, but it's sparking your heart. Maybe you felt that when you first came to Jesus. Maybe you felt that when when you started to grow, and and, and maybe a year later, I know it took me kind of about a year, but but then also, whoo, that fire was burning in my heart. You know what I'm talking about? Have you been dry? Have you been thirsting and going after the wrong things? Have you, have you been focusing on, on the blessings God's given you, but not the giver of, of the gifts? Yeah? Sometimes we focus in on all the gifts and forget the giver, right? And you know when you do that, even though you know, oh, God's blessed me, God's done this, and you focus on that, and that becomes everything, you know, you're still empty because you've got to focus in on the giver. You know what I'm saying? And I believe the Holy Spirit is talking right now. And He's speaking to you. It's time to get that fire going in your heart. 
It's time to dedicate your life to Christ. It's time to rededicate, recommit, and find that fellowship with God again. It's time to find in your heart and in your life the presence of God. The presence of God. Stop trying to find satisfaction in the things of the world and relationships. Why do that when there's only one thing that can quench that thirst, that fill that empty space? You know what? It's the presence of God in your life. It's having fellowship with Jesus. That's the only thing, and that's the only lasting thing. And that's what we're going to be doing in eternity. Listen, as we close up, we, we, we may not understand everything that there is in heaven. You know, this whole eternal realm, it's hard to grasp fully as we live in our temporal world and bodies. But one thing we know for sure, know this. God is there, and God is there for you. And that's what matters the most. That we can start today spending our life with God. Because in eternity, we'll be spending our life with God in that presence of God. I'll close with this. A country doctor was asked by a Christian who was, Christian man who was dying. Uh, the man asked the doctor what heaven would be like. He was struggling with this. He was struggling with what, 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 what's going to happen when I get there. The Christian doctor kind of fumbled with his words, trying to describe the glories of heaven, trying to comfort this man. But as the doctor did his best to comfort him, the dying man, he heard a scratching sound at the door. And then he got an idea. And he said to the dying man, Do you hear that? That is my dog. I left him downstairs. And the dog's grown impatient and has come up. And he hears my voice. He has no idea what's going on here in here. He has no idea what's really on the other side of the door. But you know, he knows one thing. I am here. So the doctor told the man, isn't that the same with you? You don't know what lies beyond the door. But you know this. Your master is there. So when we talk about heaven, that's what matters most. Yeah. God is there. The presence of God is there. And so we get this glimpse of heaven. A sneak peek into forever. Let's pray. God, we, as we <clears throat> close up here, before we worship you one more time, Lord, we thank you that in all of heaven, in all the wonderful things that are there. God, you have sparked our heart. You've reminded us. You've you've told us that that you will be there. And that's the most important thing. Oh Jesus, I cannot wait to be with you. My heart is filled with joy thinking about what the future has to be with the one I love so much. God, may that be for all of us. And I pray for anyone here today in this room or connected online that they would give their life to you, Jesus, or they would rededicate their life to you, or perhaps just come to you right now, Lord, and, and, and confess their sins and be forgiven and be brought into this place of a relationship with you. 
Thank you, God, that though we may fail so many times, your grace and mercy is there and your blood covers all our sins. And Lord, so we come humbly to you, God, and we look forward toward a closer relationship and fellowship with you like never before, and that is our desire. But while we are here, Lord, as we thirst after you, will you fill us God, with a strong sense of your presence. God, we know you're omnipresent, God. You're everywhere, but but sometimes we're not there. God, we want to be there. So open our hearts up to you. Fill us, God, and may your Holy Spirit just minister. Open our eyes to see you, even now, God, the best we can to see you in your glory our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.